0: Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Thambi Palay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise, and today I want to talk about how, as property investors, you, me, we can beat the impacts of inflation and the higher interest rate rises. Now, this episode is only gonna apply to you if you're someone who's uh, either already an an investor or thinking about getting into the property market and just wondering how to go about doing it, okay? Because the strategies, the framework, the things to consider that I'm gonna refer to in this episode will not apply to you if you're someone who, doesn't want to invest in, in property, thinks it's too risky to invest in, in property, right? then you may as well go and do something else. But if you're thinking about entering into the property market or growing your portfolio, then this episode is for you. Right? And the first thing to consider when it comes to beating inflation and beating the impact of rising interest rates is this, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? How focused are you on them? Here's what I mean by that. Right now, there's a whole lot of bad news in the media, right, about property prices uh, falling and uh, how much are they going to fall and all that sort of uh, negativity, okay? And a lot of the talk is then, well, when is the right time to buy, et cetera. Well, let's take, put that all aside for, for one moment and consider this. Is property investing the right vehicle for you? That's something you need to consider. Only you can answer that question, right? Because nothing that I talk about is advice. I don't know you. I don't know your individual situation. So this is just general information based on my now 20 years of investing all around the country and now 12 years helping others invest in property, okay? And so you need to be clear on, well, is investing in property even right for you, okay? Are you someone who believes that, good quality property bought in good quality locations will rise in the long term like it has in the past several decades. Right? I mean, if you go back and look at the past 50 years of uh, property prices, okay, you will see a few slight wobbles. But generally speaking, the trajectory has always been upwards. And I personally believe that if we were to sort of project forwards five years' time, and then look back, Uh, so in other words, where are we now? We're in 2022. If we say, think about where we might be in 2027, I believe that property prices will be higher, and that what's happening right now will be nothing more than a bit of a wobble in the ongoing, never-ending surge of property prices rising on Average, okay? Yes, of course, some areas are not gonna rise in value and there's a number of reasons for that, but generally speaking, I expect property prices are gonna rise in the long term. But if you don't believe that, then obviously you're not gonna invest in property, okay? But if you do believe that property investing is right for you, then you need to consider, well, when should you enter the property market, okay? And what is the right price to to pay for property? From where I'm standing, property is still the safest investment vehicle. I mean, what are the other options? I mean, you could keep your money in the bank, but cash is trash at the moment. You're essentially losing uh, money. Your money is losing its value due to inflation. Okay. So that doesn't sound like a great investment strategy. The share market is wobbly at, at best. Crypto is probably too high risk for most people, especially people, I guess, who, who follow my, my work. Okay. So It would seem then that property is probably the safest vehicle, and certainly the lowest risk uh, vehicle for you to create wealth. And the other thing to consider is this. If you are someone who's got maybe 10 years or maybe 15 years until retirement, what are you going to do if you don't have enough in your superannuation? Are you just going to wait for property prices to, to rise? Well, if you are, let's have a look at this article here which does talk about bad news, but I want you to really stick with me and then ask yourself this question at the end of it. Downhill, major Aussie bank reveals grim new property price prediction as crisis worsens. One of the country's biggest banks has made a major call on Australia's property market and it looks like nowhere is safe from the crash. Okay, if we go down further, the article then says, Homeowners have been dealt a huge new blow after a major lender revealed property prices are set to plummet even further than previously predicted. According to the ANZ's latest housing report, property prices are set to fall by almost 20% by the end of 2023, and the crash is not limited to our major cities. Driving the bleak trend is a steep increase in mortgage rates between May and the end of this year, coupled with reduced borrowing capacity with capital city prices tipped to drop by 18% before climbing by 5% in late 2024 okay so let's have a look at now what that actually means and obviously if you if you understand the rationale behind these articles, they're really focusing on on Sydney and and Melbourne to cop the biggest uh, amount of these uh, price decreases. Okay, so let's just have a look at the Sydney market right now and let's refer to some core logic data. So here we have the core logic home value index tables as of July 31 or August 1st. Okay, and let's have a look at house prices. Okay, so if we look at Sydney, we look at the median value for house prices it is currently according to this data $1,346,193 okay and if as expected the median price of houses is supposed to decrease by 18% another 18% before rising what does that mean? Well if we now take the median value of 1000000 $346,193,000, okay, and times it by 82%, so that accounts for an 18% price fall, okay, multiply by 0.82, we end up with a median value now of $1,103,878.26, okay? Now, here's my question to you. How will you know when the bottom of the market is reached. How will you know if these predictions are correct? And when is the right time to to buy, okay? Because there's no one's gonna ring a bell going, ding, 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 now's the time to enter the market, it's the perfect time, no, okay? In my experience, most people who wait and wait for the so-called bottom of the market end up wishing they'd bought earlier. Okay, Now, of course, I'm not saying that means that you just go and buy in Sydney right now. I've said this uh, in the past as well. I do expect that both Sydney and, and Melbourne will more than likely be basket cases when it comes to capital growth for the next little while. Okay, But what it does mean is that you need to start looking beyond what you're seeing in the headlines and beyond what we talk about median prices. Okay, Because what I showed you was median price point. But now let's have a look at this other chart from CoreLogic. This is the quarterly change in stratified hedonic dwellings index for the three months to July. Okay? Essentially showing what prices have done in the three months to July. And let's have a look at Sydney. Now in Sydney what you can see here is that the, the cheapest quarter of properties, okay, the 25th percentile, have only dropped 1.7% compare that to the most expensive 25% of properties, they dropped 6.3% that was in the 3 months to mm. to July, okay? So you can already see that different pockets of different markets are performing differently. And I can promise you that if I was to drill that into suburb by suburbs, I could find suburbs that are outperforming this combined mm. generalized data, okay? But then if we look at Melbourne, here we go again. It is the cheapest areas that have fallen the least, only minus 1.2%, but the most expensive quarter of properties have dropped minus 4.5% in the three months uh, to July. But then if we look at Brisbane, it is the most expensive quarter that has dropped 1.4%, but the median price or the mid-range properties and the cheaper properties have all risen in, in value. Okay. Adelaide at the moment, a very strong market, prices are rising a, a, across the, the, the board. Uh, in in Perth, again, very similar. Hobart, they're dropping a, across the board, but again, it's the more expensive quarter uh, of properties that are falling the, the most. So again, what I'm showing you here is that if you think property investing is the vehicle for you, you're better off trying to work out, well, what can you afford start doing your research and actually finding the areas uh, that you are comfortable buying in, rather than waiting for the so-called perfect time to enter the market. Because unless you have a perfect crystal ball, there is no way you're gonna be able to pick the exact perfect moment to enter the market. And as I said, in my experience, having now been helping people invest in property for uh, 12 years now, in fact, longer than that, full time, The biggest regret I hear from people is they say, I wish I'd got into investing in property earlier. Now, of course, news about property prices falling, it's not new, okay? I've been doing this for so long, I've been investing for for 20 years, and I've lost count of the number of times people predicted uh, the property market to, to crash, essentially focusing very heavily on both the Sydney and Melbourne markets, okay? I mean, here's an article from 2009, okay, and it says, Sydney house prices could drop by 40 percent, okay? Now, did they drop by 40 percent? No, of course not, right? What did they do? Well, they probably fell slightly, but here's the thing, who cares? Let me ask you, wouldn't you have loved to have bought one extra investment property in Sydney or in Melbourne in 2009, okay? So, you've got to really be careful about all this negativity. It is often very much overdone. okay. And these price drops of 40%, it's been predicted so many times that I'm almost tired of hearing them because they've never transpired. In fact, back in 2009, there was one particular individual who was really coming out quite strongly and talking about how much property prices would fall, and he went out and made an even a, a bet that was quite public, and he got, got it quite Badly wrong. Check this article out from 2010, so just after these predictions were made. Keen to climb Kosciuszko after losing bet. Economics professor Steve Keen will walk more than 200 kilometres from Canberra to the top of Mount Kosciuszko for losing a bet that house prices would fall 40%. An academic will walk more than 200 kilometres from Canberra to the top of Australia's highest mountain for losing a bet that house prices would dive by 40%. University of Western Sydney associate professor of economics Steve Keane agreed to an ambush bet with Macquarie Group interest rate strategist Rory Robertson in November 2008 as the global financial crisis was at its worst. Back then, he promised to wear a shirt saying, I was hopelessly wrong on home prices, ask me how. Dr. Kane predicted Australian home prices would plummet by 40% from their peak. To the relief of homeowners, Australian house prices bottomed out by 5.5% from their peak in late 2008. But imagine if you were someone who believed these sorts of predictions and maybe you sold your, your, your um, properties in, in Sydney or Melbourne or you chose not to buy something and sit out of the market, what would that have cost you? It would have cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, right, in opportunity costs, because if you just owned a property from back then and held it for the last 10 years, your prices would have doubled, right, you would have made hundreds of thousands of of, of dollars, okay, and that's what I really want to highlight if you're really being swayed by these predictions, but on the flip side, consider this, I met an investor around about this time, and He was a little bit on on the high end side, sure. And he bought a property for 1.1 million dollars back then. Now, back then, 1.1 million dollars was was expensive. And he said, "Look, Nero, the the market was was hot, and uh, in that particular suburb, he was targeting. And he decided that he was going to outbid everyone else. And he said he felt he paid 100 grand over price. Okay, so he thought it was worth about a million bucks. He paid 1.1 million dollars, and he wasn't concerned. He said, "Look, you know, I expect this area is going to rise in value." Well, from when he bought until now, prices haven't just doubled, they've more than tripled. What he paid $1.1 million for today is worth $3.5 million, okay? So that's the beauty of understanding that property investing is a long-term game and coming back to, well, what are your goals and do you believe the property prices are gonna keep rising? Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that people go and overpay, okay? I'm not suggesting it whatsoever, but what I am saying is that it isn't about getting the cheapest price. It's about buying good quality property in good quality locations and then holding it for the longer term so this daily negativity that you're seeing doesn't really impact you over the long term. And the other thing to really remember when you're reading these headlines is they are heavily skewed towards what's happening in Sydney and what's happening in in Melbourne, or at least the majority of suburbs in those two markets. Okay, They are not based on what's happening around the country. I mean, there are certain markets right now, uh, especially sort of priced under $600,000, where whatever the asking price is online, you're gonna have to pay at least 10% above that if you want any kind of chance of getting the the property okay there are others where whatever the asking price is you're going to have to pay a little bit more okay unlike say in many pockets of Sydney and Melbourne right now where whatever the asking price is you know that more than likely you can negotiate uh, down from from that okay so you've got to really look at the different individual markets i mean in my last episode i put up the article that spoke about how fragmented so many of our markets are and how different micro markets within the macro markets. So what I mean by that is if you take a large city like Adelaide or Sydney or Melbourne, Brisbane, pick any large city that you want, different suburbs are doing different things. Okay. And that's where really looking at the data makes such a big difference. And you can really find pockets that are going to outperform others going forwards. So then once you're clear on your goals and and clear on whether buying investment property is even right for you, then you start to realize that, okay, hold on, this negativity is very skewed. There are other pockets out there that are doing well. Then the other thing to consider, the third thing about how to beat inflation and these rising interest rates is to consider just how strong the rental market is, okay? There is a clear shortage of rental accommodation pretty much nationwide, okay? And so we are seeing rents rise massively across the country. Rents jumped a record 12% last year. Rental affordability has taken another hit with asking rents of houses in every capital city bar Darwin rising at their fastest annual rate on record and the apartment rents accelerating further as demand among tenants shifts to lower price rental units the median asking rent of houses across all state and territory capitals jumped 12% over the year to June, a new record. And the equivalent figure for unit rents leapt 12.2%, Domain's quarterly rent report shows. But that's median rents. There are many markets where rents have risen 20% in in the last 12 months, okay? And rents are continuing to, to rise. So as an investor, Okay? you have the real possibility of seeing the income from your property continue to, to rise. Okay? Now, of course, interest rates can be increased on a month-to-month basis. You can't increase your rents every month. I understand that, but I'm finding that many of my properties that are where I'm getting a new lease and I'm getting a new lot of tenants in, the rents ha- have increased and that's coming from the property manager and they're being snapped up very, very quickly. Okay, and this is the case for many of our clients as, as well. They're getting their rents to, to rise, okay? They're seeing rising rents, and they can then also, if looking to buy, they can target those areas where either they're positive cash flow or, already, or based on how much rents are rising and how tight the vacancy rate is, it's more than likely that they will be positive within six months or 12 months as well. And then the fourth thing to, to consider when it comes to how to invest in property to beat inflation and interest rate rises is to consider negative gearing. Now, let me be clear when I say this: you should never ever 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 invest just for tax benefits. Okay. However, we as investors are very uniquely placed to be in a position where as interest rates rise, as you know, with, with inflation, et cetera, we have the tenant who's helping us uh, pay for the, these properties, okay, and as rents rise, as I said, a big part of the interest rate rise cost can be offset by the rising in, in um, rents, plus we get negative gearing and tax benefits back, okay, so we've got the tax man and the tenant helping us to hold these properties and continue to build our portfolio. And going back to rental market, the fifth thing to consider when you're trying to work out How do you invest in property, especially in the current point in time, is to consider the fact that the Labor government is looking, the federal Labor government, is looking to increase migration to record levels. Now, whether you agree with that or or not is, is, is different. The fact is, as investors, we don't get to choose what the policy is. We, however, are lucky enough to be able to find strategies to navigate whatever the political environment happens to be. And if we look at this article, it really shows that, how as property investors, our cash flow is going to be quite solid going forwards. A major increase to the migrant intake cap will put pressure on housing, especially rentals. The federal government is considering a dramatic increase to the country's annual migration intake to address a critical skills shortage, according to reports. Speaking to the media today, skills and training minister, Brendan O'Connor wouldn't be drawn on a speculation that an influx of 30,000 to 40,000 extra arrivals is on the table. However, speaking ahead of a jobs and skills summit comprising businesses, unions, training providers, state and territory governments, and the Commonwealth, Mr. O'Connor revealed an immigration review is underway. Media reports indicate a new cap of 200,000 is being strongly considered with those occupations and industries most under pressure to be prioritised. But experts warn, the already stretched housing market will be impacted by a sudden surge in demand, particularly in the private rental space. So you're about to see rents rise even further if immigration increases, as I expected it, it, it will, okay? And so that's gonna help with your cash flow returns as a property investor, plus, Many of the people who are coming from overseas, they're going to rent, yes, but then they're going to want to, to buy and have their own, own own home, okay? That's going to put upward pressure on, on prices, okay? So I hope the message you take away from this episode is ask yourself, what are you trying to achieve from property? Are you in it for the short term? Are you trying to get rich quick? Okay, And look, nothing I talk about ever is about get rich quick. So if that's you, probably nothing that I just mentioned is going to be applicable. Okay, But if you're someone who is low risk, who wants to get wealthy safe, who wants to build wealth for retirement, who wants to build passive income and positive cash flow, Okay, then you almost need to start looking past the negativity. Now, of course, you need to consider the facts. You need to consider the data, and yes, the data shows that our bigger markets are are struggling, but then you need to take the emotion away from it. Divorce the emotion from the data, okay? Understand that yes, these articles are very heavily skewed towards our bigger markets, but they are not reflective of what's going on in other markets, okay? And if you're someone who's here to invest for the long term, then when should you look to invest in property? When you can afford it. When you have the cash flow, the job security to be able to say, okay, I'm going to now invest in property for the longer term. You're gonna consider your cash flow constraints, consider whether you can go negative for a short amount of time, uh, or do you need to look at positive cash flow from day one. Consider your price point, but also consider the fact that you are investing for the longer term you don't want to be like the people who have, like I mentioned, 2009, sold their houses because of the negativity that they read in the, in the press or chose not to invest, and then look back in five years' time with regret, wishing that you had made your decisions based on data, not emotion, because you can't get those five years back. Hi, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard and you're looking for a full blueprint on how to invest in property to gain a passive income, then go to Nerobook that's N-I-R-O book, B-O-O-K. Go to NeroBook.com.au to get a free copy of my book, Wake Up Wealthier, How to Build a Property Portfolio That Pays You an Income each and every month. Now, I used to sell this book for $47, but for a limited time, I'm giving you both the digital version and the audio version totally for free. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I wanna give more people a chance to get this information. Plus, I also know that a certain number of you, when you go through the book, will like what you see, and you'll reach out um, to find out more about our future services. But even if you don't, that's okay, because the book itself is a full blueprint about how to build a property portfolio that pays your passive income, even if you've never invested before. So if that's what you want, then go to nerobook.com.au to get your free version of the book while you still can.